Lord God. We praise you for what you're doing in this house and what you're bringing in. And we pray that you would continue to bless it. Continue to bless the work of our hands. Continue to provide. Lord God, we're trusting in you, not in man, for our provision. And we're believing, Lord God, Lord God, for great and mighty things for this coming year in Jesus' name. In all of our homes, in, all, in this place, in this house, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. No kids' church today. It would be kid church. Yeah, it would be. Hallelujah. What does God want of you is the title of my sermon. Amen? What does God want of you? Do you know the next time we meet here, in this place, it'll be a new year. The next time we meet here, it'll be a new year. 2020. I would like all of you to think back over the last year and ask yourselves, were you in God's will or were you in your own? <laughs> I want you to think back and look, think about it. Were you in God's will last year or were you, or were you in your own? What has God brought me through this last year that I can learn from? And what do you think God is bringing you into for this coming year of 2020? Think about it. You know, it's not a bad time to journal. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing to journal about. We need to think about what God brought us through in 2019. And we need to think about where is God taking us in 2020. What goals would you like to accomplish? What goals do you think you accomplished last year? And what goals you would like to see accomplished this year? Think of a word. Better yet, pray for a word for this coming year. That's for you and your family. That's from God. That could be just for you. But I want you to think of a word that God is trying to say to you for this coming year of 2020. You know, next week, I think I'll share with you a word I think will be for the church, for this body, for the coming year. And I want you to think about goals for this coming year, for 2020. You know, I'm reading a book. It's a great book. It's called Chase the Lion. And it says if your goals aren't big enough, then they're not God goals. You need to make a goal that's huge, that's big, that only God can do. You need to think of God goals in your life. If you can accomplish it, it's not a God goal. 
It's a goal where you're going to need God's help to see it accomplished. So I got down here, parentheses, and what do they call those? Exclamation marks. Think of God-sized goals. And journal them. Write them down. Remember them. Each one of us needs a God-sized goal that you can strive after, that you can work toward, that you can look forward to. We need to chase the lion, amen? (laughs) Chase the lion. So I'm giving you a little homework to do. Like a teacher. This morning, I opened up my Bible to Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. I said that like it never happens. (laughs) This morning, I opened up my Bible. Yep. (laughs) To Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. And I just couldn't get this scripture out of my mind, out of my head. I kept going back to it. And I knew it was God just because I've asked this question of him many times. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want from me? How many here have said that and asked God that same question? What do you want me to do, God? How many here have said that? All of us. I don't know. I've thought about it many times during conversations also. With friends and co-workers or families. I've done it many, many times. And I've walked away from conversations thinking that, man, I just failed God right there. That there was a door that God was opening... That I didn't walk through. Because I was afraid. And I'm going to tell you what. Fear is not of God. Fear is of the devil. The only thing that you should fear is God. And God said that's the beginning of wisdom. But there's many times I've walked away from a conversation. And in my mind I'm thinking... God, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? But I walk away because of fear. And I didn't give him any glory in it for those particular situations. Well, in Micah 6, verse 8, it's pretty much God saying to me, and he's not just saying it to me, I believe he's saying it to you also. Hey, You know what to do, just do it. And be humble about when you do it. Because God is there. So when you're in those situations, we shouldn't be afraid. Because God is there. With us. We just need to be obedient and do it, amen? So let's read what Micah 6.8 has to say. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? 
to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Amen? Listen. He said he showed us what to do. It's like God telling me, and you can you can put your name in there. Hey, Chris. Hey, Julie. Hey, Mom and Ed. God showed us what to do. I'm good. God is good. You know, in Mark 10, verse 18, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God, alone. He showed you what is good. And you know what he showed you? He showed you himself. Because he alone is good. God showed you Jesus. He gave you Jesus' life as an example to do what is good. So you want to know what to do? You do what Jesus did. You know, there used to be these bracelets out there. What would Jesus do? WWJD. They're great reminders. So, hey, Chris, God is good. So read his word. (laughs) You know what is good? It's God. Nothing else. Not TV, not anything else. It's not Google. It's not my cell phone. It's not a computer. It's God. And by the way, now that I've showed you what is good, now I'm going to show you what I require of you. (laughs) What do you require of me? Well, let's see. How about submission? (laughs) How about total surrender? How about total dependence on Him? Or here's an even better one. How about love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength? Then the second is this. Then love, the, then love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater command than these. So what does the Lord require of you and of me? And it's exactly that first commandment. And I have to ask myself when I read this, and you should ask yourself the same thing. Do you really love the Lord your God with all your heart? With all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I want you to be honest about it. Hey, I love God, 
But I know that there's more to me. Not just that there's more to me, but there's more in me. That I'm not loving like that. I have to be honest with myself. Am I really loving the Lord thy God like that? Am I really loving the Lord thy God with all my heart? With all my soul? With all my mind? With all my strength? Because if I really did love the Lord thy God like that, who knows what God could do through us? Who knows what God can do through me? Or you? Or this place? I know there's more in me. I know there's more I can give than I'm not giving to God. I know there's more I can give than I'm not giving to you. To my wife, to my family, to my children. I know there's more in me than I can do. Have I really given him my all? Have I really given you my all? And I know that's where God wants me to go. To learn to love like that. Because if we can love like that, whoo! A love like that casts out all fears. A love like that can raise the dead. A love like that can heal the sick, can can bring blind, can bring sight to the blind. Can you imagine? My prayer is that in 2020 that we learn to love like that. To love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, I can't help but picture King David. I can't help but when I think of a love like that, I think of King David. I think of how King David loved God so much. That when God looked down upon him, he said, King David is a man after my own heart. When I can picture King David when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back in. When he was dancing out there with all of his all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, all of his strength. When we're afraid to even get up and do a little jig in the church. And that's not all of my strength. That's not all of my heart. It's not all of my mind. It's not all of my soul. A man after God's own heart. A man who loved God with his whole being. He loved God with his whole being and he trusted him with his own life. When he went after a lion and he went after a bear and he went up and saw Goliath. A giant. A proven soldier in the Philistine army. I'm sure Goliath had battle wounds all over him. Scars. Men take pride in their scars. (laughs) I got this when I was in war. I got this. Can you imagine? I mean, I got scars on my body, but they're nothing like that. 
They're nothing that you could brag about. Like I'm sure Goliath could. I got this one. Ten men tried to take me down, and I slew them with my sword. Or when I threw my spear, it went through 20 men at one time. I mean, think about it. And then here's King David. The only thing he was proved was a lion is being a good shepherd boy, taking out a bear and a lion. But he loved God so much that when he heard this unclean Philistine mocking the men of Israel, and the men of Israel were afraid, he said, I'm not afraid of that giant. I killed a bear and a lion with my bare hands. With God with me, I can do all things. What is that scripture, honey? Mark 26, verse 19. With God, all things are possible. And you know what? David didn't just read that. David knew that. And he knew it in his heart. And he got it in his mind. And he believed it in his soul. And he went after it with all of his strength. <coughs> I want to live like that. I want to love like that. Amen? I know my wife would say amen. Hallelujah. But I think we all in our heart of hearts want to love like that. You know, I want to give God my all no matter what I'm doing. And I know if I hold back in me and if I hold a reserve... And I'm not giving him my all. I need to give him my all when I'm preaching. I need to give him my all when I'm worshiping. I need to give him my all when I'm working. I need to give him my all when I'm at home. When I'm with my family, with my wife. I need to give him my all because when I'm doing that, then I'm giving you and I'm giving my wife and I'm giving my family the best. The best of me. All of me. Amen? And that's what God requires from us, the best. Because he knows who is in you is greater than who is in the world. Amen? That's what sets us apart from the world. When you go to work, you give your best every time. And you do it with a good attitude, without grumbling, without complaining. When you go home, you respect your parents. You do what they say. And you don't ask why. And you don't doubt them because they tell you to do things because they love you. And the Bible tells us to respect our parents and love them. Amen? You know, I watched uh, CMA Country Christmas, and I'm going to tell you, and I can't get over it. My wife will tell you the same thing. We saw King and Country up there playing the little drummer boy. And I'm going to tell you, they, you know, the whole thing about the little drummer boy is playing his best for Jesus. Giving his all on his drums. That's all he had. 
And when I watched them and I saw them playing, I was amazed. It would inspire me because I, it made me think of King David, the way they performed that little drummer boy on there. They just they played it with their awe. And it played like I've never heard it played before. We're going to play it for you today here in a little bit when I'm done. But I was amazed. I still like watching it. I would play it a hundred times. I'd watch it over and over again. Because it was inspiring to watch. But let's get back to Micah. Verse 6, or chapter 6, verse 8. He says, oh man, I showed you what is good and what, did, what does the Lord require of you. What does he require of you? He requires of you to love him. He requires of you to act justly and to love mercy. Do you know to act justly is just living? Not judging, but living rightly. Doing the right thing, even when it hurts. Sometimes doing the right thing hurts a little bit. Sometimes doing the right thing might cost you a little bit. But I'm telling you, when we do the right thing, God builds you. He builds your character. He builds your integrity. He's building you. To love mercy. Be merciful to one another. Forgive one another. Hey, people make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But God says, if you forgive one another, then I'm faithful and just to forgive you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Luke chapter 6, 36 says, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And to walk humbly with your God. Don't be proud. Walk in humility. That's what it says. And to walk humbly with your God in, in that scripture in Micah 6, 8. Walk humbly with your God. You may, isn't that amazing when you're walking with God? You're walking with God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. James 4.10 says, And if we humble ourselves before the Lord, and then He will lift you up. If we humble ourselves before the Lord, He will lift you up. I'm going to tell you, there's no greater thing than being lifted up by God. Being lifted up by men is nothing. You want to be lifted up by God. Amen? Amen? That's what matters in the end, doesn't it? I want to be lifted up by God. 
James 4, 6 says, but if he gives us more grace, that is, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture said God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. We can't be proudful. We can't be boastful. The only thing you need to boast is that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Boast in the Lord your God. Not in yourselves. When you show humbleness and humility, God will pour out his favor upon you. I don't know about you, but I want God's favor. Amen? I want the favor of the Lord to be poured upon me. I don't want to be opposed by God. Can you imagine that's like? There's been many that have been opposed by God. And it doesn't turn out well for them. I'm guaranteeing you this. Not one of them wins. (laughs) Not one of them wins. God wins all the time. But when we humble ourselves, God will pour out his favor upon us. So what does God want of you and what does God want of me? Back to Micah 6. He has showed you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's what God requires of us. That's what God wants of us. Amen? Joe, before I close, can we pray that video? I want you to watch this video of the little drummer boy by King and Country. And I want to ask you, do you worship like this? Because I want to worship like this. With all my heart, with all my strength, with all my soul. With all my mind, amen? This was, this is amazing. Christmas, CMA Country Christmas. A newborn king to see, power on the bum bum. Our finest gifts we bring, power on the bum bum. To lay before the king, power on the bum bum. 
want to share with you like Chris and I have watched that several times and I've I appreciate it I just love it but as I was sitting there this morning and he was talking about it it made me think about 
how it made me think about how he talked about King David and how it said that he danced before the Lord like that. And I just want to say to you that the reason he danced before the Lord like that with all his might, like when you saw the guy at the end hitting the drum, like with every bit of strength he had, and they were playing those drums with every bit of strength they had, it's because King David did that because he knew God. He believed in God. He wasn't just dancing to show off. He wasn't just, and I believe that they're not just playing those instruments to show what they can do. They're playing those like that because it's warfare. It's spiritual warfare. As we worship God with all our strength, we fight the enemy who is out to kill and destroy. He can't kill and destroy us, but he can kill and destroy others. And it's our job to be like King David and to be like that band and to go and worship with every ounce of strength we have. And then I thought about Jesus as he was walking down the road of Calvary with his cross. And that's what I want you to think of when you listen to this song. I want you to think of Jesus walking down that road, carrying that cross, bleeding so bad that the Bible says they couldn't recognize him. They couldn't tell he was a man anymore. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that's the God that loves you. That's the God that went to the cross for you, for me, for us. And when we worship him, we need to worship like that. We need to cry out to him like that. We need to sing so powerfully. We need to shout so powerfully. We need to dance so powerfully that we worship the God who gave his life for us. And Chris is right. That song is about a little boy who was poor and he had nothing but a set of drums to play for the Lord. And he played it for the Lord to worship him because he came a baby in a manger. But he didn't stay a baby in a manger, did he? He grew up. And he suffered and he died and he bled for you and me. Don't forget that. Jesus didn't stay a baby. He came as a baby because life is the most powerful form. He came as a baby to show us the miracle of birth. A baby being formed in the womb. He knew you, Jeremiah said, before you even formed in the womb. He came for you because he knew you before you were formed in the womb. And then he went and he walked down the path with the cross on his shoulder with blood pouring out of him in agony. Went to the cross, nailed to the cross, hands and feet, suffered. But that wasn't the worst part because when he died... The worst part, that he experienced a separation from his father. He experienced a separation from God. And that's what gave him the most pain. 
And I want you to think about that when we listen to this song. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how he went down into hell for you and me so we don't have to. He went there for us. We have to let this come into our spirit. We have to see this. We have to know it. And we have to give him our all. Like the music, they gave their all. And you're not going to be standing before a crowd that's going to cheer you on. You're going to stand before a crowd that's going to ridicule you. You're going to stand before a crowd that's going to reject you. Because that's what Jesus happened with him. He wasn't cheered on. They were screaming, crucify him. But he went anyway. He kept going and he kept going and he kept going for you and for me. And the least we can do, the least we can do is give him our all. And stop giving him nothing. Stop saying the words that you love God and you're a Christian and you give him nothing. We can't do that. We have to give him everything. And you have to do it with all the power you have. And you have to say, I give you everything, God. I give you everything. I give you everything. And every time the devil comes and he tries to take it, and he tries to get you to take it back, because he doesn't want you to give God everything. He doesn't want you to give God anything. He wants you to leave God. He wants you to love yourself and not love God. He wants you to go to the world. He wants you to go to sin. He wants you to be destroyed. But Jesus, this is what you have to remember. He kept going. He kept walking. He kept carrying the cross. He he let them nail him on. You know that the Bible says that he called, he could have called 10,000 angels. We have to remember this. This is so important. We can't play games. We can't play church. If that's what it's all about, we should shut that door and never come back. We can't play church. We have to believe that that is not a story. That is the truth. It happened. He went to the cross. He gave his life for us. And then he went into hell and he took the keys of death. Why? So we could have eternal life. When you think about what you want in this world, when you think about all the things that always go through our mind, what we want, what we want, what we want, what we want, reject it. Those things can take you to hell. You need to think about Christ. You need to think of his love. You need to think of his death and his resurrection and his power. And then you need to give him your all. Give him your all. Everything you've got. All your strength. All your love. All your heart. And kick the enemy out. That's how you'll do it. 
And he gave us a secret. He gave us a key. And he gave us a truth. If we worship him, the enemy has to flee. If we worship him, the enemy has to flee. He's coming back. He's coming back soon. We can't play games. And we can't play games for the people around us who need us to tell them the truth. They need us to tell them. They need us to stop goofing around and fooling around and being self-filled and selfish. King David was one of the most powerful kings to ever live. And he made a lot of mistakes, and we make a lot of mistakes. But God does forgive us. But he lived his life to the fullest with power in God, and that's what we have to do. So I want you to think about it one more time while we play this one more time. And when you think of them playing, I want you to picture in your mind Jesus walking down the road to the cross, carrying it. I want you to picture that. And I want you to picture them going alongside. Because wouldn't you, wouldn't we, would we go alongside as he's walking to the cross? Or would we leave to go do our own thing? We need to ask ourselves this. Would we follow him? Would we play for him? Would we sing for him as they put him on the cross? Would we? Would we do that? Or would we just, you know, go do what we want to do? I know that everyone in this room would follow after Christ. I know that all of you would follow. And you'd probably be crying or or screaming. But God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us singing. He wants us worshiping him. He is our king. And he will bring us to victory. Even in this time that we live in right now, he will bring you to victory in your life. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be fearful. Because he went to that cross. So all those things would be done. In Jesus' name. Say it with me. In Jesus' name. Come on. Let's say it together. One, two, three. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to listen to this one more time. And again, I'm telling you, picture it, Ephraim. Picture it. Picture Jesus. You've seen the pictures. Walking down the road with the cross on his shoulder for us. Would we worship him like that? Because that's how we need to worship him all the time. With everything we've got. With all our power. And when we feel tired, lazy, we're all sick today. We need to come against Satan in Jesus' name.
because that is not how God wants us to live. He wants us to live in health and wellness. He wants us to be in joy and freedom. So one more time, Joe. Christmas, CMA Country Christmas. A newborn king to see, power on the bum bum. Our finest gifts we bring, power on the bum bum. To lay before the king, power on the bum bum. So to honor him, power up a pum pum. When we
set me down on the bump Me and my drum Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, for this service. And I just pray, Lord, for your blessings upon your people. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, that we would not hold back anything that's in us. But, Lord God, that we would give you our all, just as you gave us your all. Just as you gave us your best, I pray that we would give you our best in return, Lord God. And I pray this. Lord God, I pray this over your people. I pray, Lord, your blessings over them. I pray, Lord, that your face would shine upon them, that you would be gracious to them, that you would give them peace on all sides, that, Lord, you would prosper them, Lord God, and that you would be with them, Lord God, as we humble ourselves and walk with you, Lord God, I pray. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. And I thank you, Lord God, for this um, video for King and Country for they're playing their all for you, Lord God. I pray that, Lord, our church, our body, our lives, our family would do the same thing, Lord God, for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.